Hey, Jim, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Ralph. And uh, hey, this is uh, Psych Takeaway, where we uh, look at uh, current issues in uh, the world and try to put them into some sort of a psychological uh, context, right? Yeah, and today we're going to look at uh, an interesting topic, one which uh, maybe we'll start with looking at the idea from uh, a social psychology perspective, and then maybe I'll talk a little bit uh, toward the end on individual uh, psychology. Yeah, and uh, the topic is ritual. Rituals, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about this as we were driving in today. I wonder how many of the rituals that people often engage in have been kind of uprooted by the, uh, well, almost two years of pandemic and the, the consequences. I, I think a lot of them, Jim, because, you know, for many people, the idea of being able to get together with their family uh, was just not on. For the last couple of years. For the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, if you had a family that was uh, uh, distant, that people had to travel for a particular event, uh, they probably couldn't do it. Like you had difficulty, or I guess inability, to meet with your family in Canada, right? Yeah, I couldn't cross the border for... Until uh, just recently. Until just recently, yeah. and and even there, uh, I had to, um, you know, be tested, even though I've been double vaccinated. Uh, mm -hmm. They wanted to make sure that mm -hmm. I wasn't bringing in anything awful uh, with me. Yeah, just awful you. Awful me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, even other kinds of things like getting together for uh, uh, high school football games or, you know, professional. It was weird last year to see a professional football game with um, all these cardboard um, shapes up in the, up in the stands. Mm -hmm. And fan, you, you knew that there were no fans there, but they would pump in fan noise and yells and screams. And, yeah. I mean, that was strange. Very strange. So, uh, And one of the things that... Uh, I've gotten lately into uh, occasionally watching a game of snooker, professional snooker, uh, which is like pool, only it's played on a four-by-eight-foot table, so the table's much bigger. Uh, and they normally have a stadium full of people uh, watching. A stadium full of people well, watching? stadium, I say I mean, that. Uh, uh, auditorium size kind of thing. I mean... A four-by-eight table is big, but if you're a hundred feet away, it's well, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, what they do is they have the giant monitors. Oh, of course. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, if you played snooker as a young person, which I did, it's, it's a fascinating thing to watch the pros because they are just so good. But the stands were just so empty. Uh-huh. You know, and they, they'd put in... When somebody made a wonderful shot, uh, they'd put in this audience sound, <laughs> and you would say, "But there's no audience. How how can that be? You know." Uh, uh -huh. But the magic of uh, production, post-production uh, stuff. Of uh, course, of course, we should have audience uh, sounds here 
for we, our podcast. We should. <laughs> yeah. yes. And I'm not sure I could stand the booing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some of the rituals then that uh, we've mentioned, you know, the ritual of a football game or, or uh, well, we went around and we began to ask people what rituals they had. Uh, and it was interesting because last week, Ralph, you mentioned getting together, getting around the table, and having a meal as, right. as a ritual, uh, and something that perhaps doesn't happen in the, the family very often these days, where you know, perhaps overscheduled kids are going here, you know, this way and yeah, that way. Yeah. Uh, but almost everybody that we talked to mentioned food uh, yeah. as, a, as a family ritual, as a family bonding kind of thing. Yeah, being uh, being all together to uh, you know uh, have a have a, a dinner meal with uh, mother, father, kids, uh, mm -hmm. maybe aunts, uncles. Yeah, uh, so it was a, a connectivity to the to the family, and in fact, it begins to kind of identify the family with with things that are important. Yeah, um, one uh, the manager at. Uh, the marathon station said that her ritual with her family um, uh, after the divorce was still about food and, and entertainment. It was uh, Super Bowl. You know, Super yeah. Bowl Sunday was her her big day. Big yeah. day with with everybody in the in the family. Now, one of the one of the other things that uh, strikes me, Jim, I was looking at some Facebook posts from a friend of mine who has three children and their ritual involves uh, going on um, usually Sunday uh, in the afternoon to um, to some place to hike in the woods. Okay, yeah, getting out in nature and that that's something that they do on a regular basis, right? On a regular basis, and uh, all the uh, all the children and the dogs, you mm -hmm. know, uh, go along. And I think that's the thing about a ritual that it's not just a random event that happens once, but rather it begins to become identified as a as a, a recurrent thing within yeah. within the family uh, group. Whether it's a once a year occurrence. Christmas um, or Hanukkah, Hanukkah. or yeah, um, Betty, uh, the secretary in the psychology department, said that her family always went to uh, midnight mass. Yeah, that, that was part of you know what what they did. Yeah, and that uh, that sort of thing. Uh, oh, at, at Christmas time. At Christmas time, yeah. yeah, and you know it's interesting, Jim, because uh, I remember going through the. The period, which I think many people do, where uh, I grew up in a believing household, and uh, at some point as a teenager, um, I decided that uh, there was no God, and so I became kind of an atheist. But I still went to church with my folks. Uh huh. Okay. You know, and the thing was that it was important n not because I was going there to become uplifted with the spirit, the way some people might say, but because I was going there 
because it was a family thing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can understand that. Um, and it's interesting, Ralph, when you say that as a teenager you were getting uh, away from belief. Uh, I can remember that uh, you and I and Fred would often go on Christmas Eve to say, you know, what is it? What was the church? Sacred Heart? No. Sacred Heart. Yeah. Sacred Heart Church in the Sioux for Midnight Mass. Yeah, and interestingly, none of us were Catholic. And none of us could understand Latin but, but, back in the day. Back in the day, but we went just because it was such a... Uh, a something. A something. I, yeah. I, I hesitate to use the word tremendous theater, but... Uh, no. It represented, and a lot of rituals, and we're not going to do these, I think, but a lot of rituals represent either healing, that what would not be one, but sort of a connectivity to a greater power, yeah. which you might not have understood as, as God, but there was something there. And in fact, you've talked to me about how you find uh, peace in the woods. And, yeah. uh, you know, one day we were talking, I was telling you about my church and how you know, you should come there, and you said, I don't think so, Jim. Your church is too noisy and, and, you know, boisterous. I like to find my peace walking in the woods, right? Yeah, yeah. And, then and, you, and you did that in a, as a, sometimes you walked in the woods with a gun over your shoulder, and sometimes <laughs> with or a, a fishing yeah, pole. A fishing or... pole, yeah. But that was a, that was a Ralph um, uh, ritual, you know, yeah. going out into, 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 into nature. nature and, mm -hmm. uh, and not uh, not as uh, is often thought of in in the West as uh, man conquering nature, but to go out and just be part of it. Yeah, yeah, just to be. Well, see, that's what the the thing is with um, the family rituals. You know, we're not conquering the family, but we're actually pulling the family together and members of the family get to identify with who they are you know the, yeah the uh, uh, I'm a I'm a Canadian and I'm a Scotch Irish and I'm a uh, related to the guns and so I can understand my my ancestry yeah but how do I how does that get manifested well in my case uh, uh, my maternal my paternal grandparents were in the same town that I was, Suzette Marie. So I saw them, you know, quite frequently. But uh, about every second Sunday, we would take a, a ride down to Thessalon, which for a seven or eight, nine-year-old kid was a, a 60, 75-mile trip, which seems to take forever. But we would be with uh, uh, my mom's dad, Grandpa Alex, and so that was the connection there. You know, yeah, it was connected to this Scotch clan, and we would talk about you know the Scotland and the things that he was doing. And one of the um, things that we have under Learn More is a uh, TED talk by a young woman from Dubai, and she talked about the importance of uh, the ritual that she had of going over and visiting with her uh, grandparents uh, on a regular basis. They were in Dubai as well, and. Uh, she talked about the the honoring the elders and uh, the wisdom of the elders. And Ralph, you're an elder. Do you ever get the feeling that uh, uh, people are honoring you for your wisdom? Um, 
occasionally, yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. My uh, my oldest grandson, I think, uh, has a, a good deal of respect for what I have to say. Okay. Uh, not so much sure that my daughter does, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I understand that completely. <laughs> but the the idea, though, of getting together with, the, with an elder and having the elders, you know, tell stories that is a ritual that uh, a lot of uh, indigenous people have. Yeah, and as a as a group they tend to have a, a shared ethos of respect for the elders and and a willingness to believe that the elders have wisdom that um, the young people don't. Mm-hmm, yeah, and that that wisdom could be passed along. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that um, Betty mentioned was that at Thanksgiving, the family would get together and be thankful and have uh, uh, turkey and some sort of uh, uh, meat dish, like a beef dish of some kind, and that becomes part of the, the, uh, uh, the, the regular part of the, of the ritual. And something else that she mentioned was um, uh, birthday cake, specifically a birthday cake from Dairy Queen. Okay, the uh, frozen cake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with her kids, uh, that was what they always had on a birthday to celebrate a birthday, and now it's being carried on to the next generation with grandkids. Yeah. Now, you tell a story that's kind of an interesting one. Uh, you know, you come from a big uh, Canadian family, Ralph. Uh, yeah, one kid. <laughs> one kid. Yeah, <laughs> me too. But uh, but but the story that you were telling uh, had to do with uh, your mom and your dad and you starting out as uh, having Christmas dinner together. Well, we started out um, basically just the three of us uh, when I was very little, but then uh, my aunt and uncle and two cousins moved in with us because. Uh, my aunt had lost her husband and was kind of in uh, low financial circumstances, so it was easier for her to be with us. So that upped the number of people. And then uh, my dad's brother and wife and his two kids, uh, and then three kids, started to come over for Christmas dinner. And uh, long story short, uh, the kids grew up, they got girlfriends, then they got married, then they got children of their own. And so the last Christmas dinner that we had at my house, we had 43, 43? 43 <laughs> wow. extended yeah. family. Uh, we had people eating on the couch, we had people uh, sitting in the stairwell, we had people everywhere it seemed. And at the end of the dinner, my mother got up and said, uh, this is the last Christmas dinner we're going to have at our house. Uh, we, uh, we have just grown beyond the capacity. Uh, I will cook, I will help, I will do whatever, uh, but we're going to have to rent a hall and get someplace bigger for Christmas dinner. Uh, and it's a matter of historical record that that ended the ritual of Christmas dinner. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. Because so nobody ritual. else was willing to organize it. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, one of the rituals that uh, I was thinking of 
uh, around the Carroll House has to do with um, uh, holidays of various kinds. And um, at um, uh, Christmas Eve, um, we watch uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas yeah. each year. Uh, now with uh, 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 Bridget and Emmanuel and you know their, their children as, as well. Uh, but uh, each year we would watch uh, uh, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. We'd, yeah. We'd watch Charlie Brown Christmas. And those things marked the kind of the ritual stages of the yearly cycle. And when I was coming over today, uh, I hadn't picked up anything from the mailbox yesterday, so I opened up the mailbox, and uh, here's what I found, Ralph. Do you recognize this? I recognize that. that that's a Christmas toy catalog. Yes, it's a Christmas toy catalog. And when my kids were young, and they're, you know, really grown by now, uh, part of the ritual was sitting down with in the uh, J.C. Penney catalog, which was this is a pretty thin catalog. The J.C. Penney catalog was a couple hundred pages or so. Yeah, and then going through and talking about Christmas and identifying the things, not only the things that they want for Christmas, but that particular catalog had things for adults, and so we were able to identify, you know, what mom might like yeah uh, and uh, or what aunt uh, aunt ray might like um and so it wasn't just about you know all this one here is just full of stuff that you know kids will love no no question about it but uh you know there's nothing in here that uh, grandpa is gonna you know <laughs> <laughs> unless grandpa wants an electric scooter right now, i was thinking more in terms of a you know a Maybe another sweater. <laughs> yeah. um, but that was a that was a, a, a ritual and um, having birthday breakfasts. Every yeah. time we had a birthday, we would celebrate with a birthday breakfast, which you know got the the day off to a, a rousing well, start. You know, even though uh, I'm older than dirt, uh, I still have a birthday ritual. What's that? Well, my wife goes out and buys at our local best bakery um, a carrot cake, a small carrot cake, mm -hmm. because carrot cake is my favorite cake, and every birthday I get a carrot cake to enjoy. Yeah, but wonderful, wonder, and believe me, uh, I know our best bakery in this town, and uh, I too <laughs> truly enjoy the carrot cake from uh, from. We'll mention it. Robert's. Yes, yeah. and it, it's a wonderful bakery. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a a a special a special food around our house um, it would happen every Friday. Um, the city meat market would bring in fresh trout or fresh whitefish. So uh -huh. even though we were not Catholic. Uh, and in the Sioux, a lot of people were Catholic and, and went for fish on Friday. Uh, we went for fish every Friday, or ate fish every Friday, just because it was, you know, fresh and, you know, yeah. that was and what the carols did. Yeah, and uh, all of these things that we're talking about really are, are the purview of social psychology because they're all talking about group bonding. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
and in this particular case, the group is the the family, the or, family. or extended family, or extended family. And now, when you, you get a, an extended family, then you start to get into community. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing that you can see, if you happen to live in a university town, you can see a, a lot of people who uh, join a group at university, fraternity, sorority, uh, a group of boosters for the football team, whatever it might be, uh, and they join that because there is a natural inclination of people to form into communities. And whatever ritual your community celebrates, uh, that will help you to bond with that that community. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, with with kids in high school, some of the things are, you know, homecoming dances and and uh, again sporting activities. And to get back to what we were talking about at the beginning, a lot of these things were absent during the last two years or so. Yeah. To, and, to the extent that we've talked about at least with large groups. And I think one of the things that, you know, people have, have talked to me about the fact that uh, somehow or other they're not sure what went wrong in the last two years, but they have that feeling that somehow something is missing. And I think it might be the family and community rituals that they're missing. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We could communicate uh, just as easily during the last two years uh, via uh, uh, Skype or you know, Zoom. But uh, hey, I've, I work with a lot of uh, children and uh, the a ritual that they were missing, for, for a while at least, was uh, the ritual of the classroom. Yeah, you know, because there's something that's uh, predictable about the classroom. It's regular, and uh, they were they were seeing the classroom as a place for social interaction. It's, uh, you and I in our classroom days, we were discouraged from social interaction in the classroom. <laughs> that didn't prevent us from doing it, but okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, we were proto criminals. Uh, in, in at least some of our social interactions. Uh, no, Ralph, we were criminals. <laughs> uh, okay, so we won't go there. Uh, but to switch for a moment, because we are um, psychology takeaway, to talk a little bit about uh, rituals that you as an individual can perform, uh, you know, one of the things that is useful for people is to um, become mindful. Become mindful of your own body, your own experience. Mm -hmm. You know, the the uh, uh, old saying, be here now. Yeah. Becoming be aware of the present moment. Yes, okay. Uh, and some of those things can be... Uh, triggered by, oh, something like uh, brushing your teeth. Brushing the, your teeth? Brushing your teeth in the morning. And just as you do that, become aware of the taste of the toothpaste and the feel of your body standing in front of the sink and so on. And just bring that into your consciousness. Okay. So the ritual, I mean, 
it's hard to really think of brushing your teeth as a ritual, but it is something that most of us do three times a day, uh, probably often without a lot of thought. Yeah, I and mean, so, you know, just I'm going to stand there and my mind is mm -hmm. a million miles away. Mm -hmm. But so, if you try and, and bring your focus down to here and now to yourself, uh -huh. you know, it it's a useful sort of thing to do. Yeah, okay, so some of those things that we were talking about earlier, the the uh, going to church or uh, particular kinds of uh, meals, um, you know, those are sort of meta-rituals, they're big rituals, but you're saying that we can make the little things that we do Yeah, into... the, the individual okay. actions. So, you know, this brings it from social psychology to individual psychology and focuses on on me as uh -huh. opposed to the group or the world uh you know and and a lot of us spend uh, an inordinate amount of time and energy worrying about uh, what events of the world which we have no control over okay but we do have control over the uh, experiencing the brushing of teeth okay yeah. good yeah. good point you know they we talked about the stoics that basically said uh, you can't control what happens, but you can control your reaction to it. Right, right. So one of the other things you could do uh, individually is to practice uh, affirmations for yourself. Uh-huh. Um, Instead of, I'm so stupid, which is a negative affirmation, yeah, right? Uh, hey, I'm, I, get, I do this, whatever this might be. Yeah, I can, well. I can do this. I will do it well. Um, I uh, I will successfully complete all my work today, whatever mm -hmm. your work is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and the thing is, it's worth making that a ritual where, um, let's say, uh, every hour, mm -hmm. you know, top of the hour, take a deep breath and say, I'm going to be successful today. Okay. You know, just, and one of, the reason I say at the top of the hour is just, it's useful to get some regularity into Right. Well, we saw that with uh, the more, you know, social awareness of rituals. You know, one of the TEDs that we took a look at a number of years ago, I can't remember who did it, but it was an admiral, I believe, who talked about the ritual of making your bed. Yeah. And maybe we could find that and put it up under Learn More. I think we could do that. I know, uh, I know what it is. It's, uh, it's a commencement address, uh, and uh, I'm. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name either. But I'm trying to remember his yeah. name. He uh, he was an admiral of the Navy SEAL Command. Right. That's right. That's uh, right. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that. The, the, the toughest guys in the military, you know, the SEALs, and he's talking to them about making your bed in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, basically what he said was, if you get up in the morning and uh, as you get out of your bed, the first thing you do is make it. Uh, if nothing else, if, you're, if your whole day turns uh, to absolute crap, uh, when you come home, if nothing else, you come home to a made bed. I remember that part of it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll see if I can find that and put it under uh, uh, learn, learn More. I had not planned on, 
on that one. But, you know, you're making the point that, that if we're mindful, we can, our whole day can be seen as, as, you know, one ritual after another of which we have some success. Yeah. Okay. Now, to go back to our uh, earlier topic of uh, positive psychology, uh, one of the things that is uh, a ritual, I guess I could safely say, of positive psychology is to keep a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, one of the uh, uh, TEDs that we have posted, I think I mentioned this young lady from Dubai, she talked about that. She talked about a gratitude jar, and people would put put affirmations into this into this yeah. jar. So, uh, so you know, if you think um, what uh, what went well mm-hmm. in your day, mm-hmm. and if you come home and can bring to mind three things mm-hmm. and write them down in a journal and say, uh, this went well, and why. Okay. So... Uh, what went well at school today? Okay. Well, this did. Why did it go well? Because I had my homework done. Uh-huh. Okay. Or because the teacher called on me and I knew the answer. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Whatever. Uh-huh. Right. You know, uh, and if you do that regularly, uh, you will end up feeling better about yourself. I mean, that's one of the doctrines of positive psychology is this this kind of thing helps us to feel uh, more in control and better about ourselves. Okay. So rituals can be uh, connectedness to some higher power, perhaps. They can become connectedness within a family, but they also can become sort of our own self-awareness of where we are and how we interact with the environment around us. Yeah. Okay. Well... We've covered a lot here, Ralph. We have, and I hope that uh, in in listening to this, some of our listeners will end up saying, you know, this is worth trying. And if you don't have, if you think you don't have enough family traditions, build some now. Okay. So, until next week, this is Jim. And Ralph. Saying, keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together.